welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode 75. Let's roll. And uh, today we have a very, very special guest. I'm super excited. Guy, man, I've been tracking, tracking this gentleman down for quite some time. He has just exploded on the scene. I am super grateful to have him on. And uh, I've been, I've been, you know, kicking it in the same streets on Twitter with him for, for quite some time, for a couple years. And man, he's like a meteoric rise to the top. And I love it. Uh, and that's because he keeps it real. And keeping it real today with me is none other than Ray Garvin, Ray GQ on Twitter. You can find him at Ray GQUE. Y'all know Ray. Ray G, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, big dog? Glad to glad to be on. It's been a couple of years, man. It's, we've been trying to make this happen for a minute. So finally nailed down the date here on February 24th. So excited to chop it up with you about uh about some of these players, man. Let's talk football, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, uh, you know, this show has been, you know, we've done all sorts of cool stuff and we can go in any which way we want. And I know that you're probably gonna bring the 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 flames and uh definitely have some things to say, but uh you know, whichever way we want to go, we can go with it. We do have a show sheet, but, you know, sometimes I don't even stick to that son of a gun. You know, we'll, we'll go in any direction we like. So uh, with, with having Ray Garvin on the show, you you know it's going to be a, a good time. So, you know, I just want to kick it off by, like, just saying to you that I think you've done an amazing job at what you've done in the space. And, you know, I usually will butter up my my guests early on before I, you know, before I take Adam, <laughs> you know, take aim, you know, start calling their takes trash and stuff. But on the real, man, you know, uh, everything you're doing, uh, you know, at Destination Devi, creating that community and uh, just kind of creating a name for yourself. And I, I said it on the uh, in the intro and I, I meant it when I say it, you, you say it like it is. And, you know, I know a lot of my followers have said, you know, you, you always have these nerds on and nobody keeps it real. Well, today we, we got a real one on. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I mean, shit, this is me, man. Like. I yeah. met people at the senior bowl, you know what I'm saying? Some people that I'd followed on Twitter or we'd been Twitter acquaintances for a while. And they're like, damn, you're just like how you sound and are, you know, yeah. on the, on the mic as you are in real life, man. That's, that's just me, man. And I think that type of authenticity, that type of realness, um, it's not fake. That's who I am. I think that's one of the things that have contributed to, you know, the success that I've had in the space. I mean, I he agree. said, Meteoric rise to the top. I'm I, I'm not gonna go that far and say uh, all you know of that. I mean. I'm just yeah. I, I stay in my lane and I do yeah. my thing and I know I do it well. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's like I, I can remember. You know, even just finding our space. You know, with the undroppables and everything. And you know, just finding your spot and what what fits for you. I mean, you know, we were talking a little bit pre-show. We both got kids, and you know, there's a lot of things going on outside of obviously outside of fantasy football. And, but making sure that the way that this thing fits into our lives fits. And, you know, for one thing, I know that, you know, neither one of us came in here looking for a job, you know, it wasn't like we came in here looking for a job. So we weren't trying to impress anybody with anything like that. We were just looking for, you know, to be real. Like that's really what it was for me. I was like, shit, I ain't going to conform to nothing. I'm just coming out here doing what I do. And, you know, however many people like that, great. However many people don't, that's all good with me too. Cause I ain't trying to impress nobody. I'm just out here having a great time. And that's why I was really excited to have you on. Cause I think we see that the same way. So, uh, without further ado, we don't need to, like I said, it's going to get, it's going to get ugly. So I just thought I'd get it pretty up front, you know? 
<laughs> Let's do it, man. Yeah, I, I it probably won't get that ugly because we probably agree uh, too much, but I'll try and find some spots. Get, I think hey, there's a couple me, spots. It there's can a get couple. ugly, man. I ain't, I ain't scared of none of that shit, man. Trust me. So we can we can take it however we need to go, man. Let's I get love it. that. That's what I love about it. That's what I was so excited. I could actually I could actually talk to you. So, you know, hey, man, I've been, I've been thinking, you know, I've, there's a few players, you know, right now it's like dynasty startup season. And, you know, we had some listener questions. We'll probably touch on those a little bit. And uh, I actually noticed a lot of the show sheet that that I had put together for us uh, kind of touched on some of the things that people were asking us anyhow. So, you know, it should be a pretty good show in that regard. But right now it's like startup season. You know, we're just before the the NFL combine here, which for me as a, you know, a slight analytic person, you know, I'm not, I'm not full analytics, but I, I definitely want all the info. This is a big bit of info. Uh, and it's not just the 40 times. There's a lot to it more than that. It's height, weight, it's, it's speed, it's agility, it's burst. It's also somewhat what, what the, what the word is from the, from the combine, how te- you know, how teams see players and all that sort of thing. There's a bit of group think that happens there. There's no doubt about that. And you saw some of that at the senior bowl. So what do you think about that point? No, I think you nailed it, man. I think, you know, the the things that are that captivate most most viewers, most uh fantasy gamers is definitely the 40-yard dash, but it's all of that, right? It's I'm I'm more interested in the height and weight. I'm interested in the uh, in the rumor mill, the chatter that's coming out of the out of the combine, out of the yep. senior bowl. What are people saying about these players? How did they how did they sound in interviews? How did they impress these GMs and and scouts in those interviews? You know, how they looked in their you know, in their weigh-ins like that, that stuff is important, right? Like you said, I'm not an analytics guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I want as much information possible to compete, to paint the most complete picture that I possibly can. And I think there are some data points that come out of the combine that are a sometimes undervalued and B conversely on the other side of the coin, a little bit overvalued, right? Especially depending on the position that you're looking at. I think people put a ton of weight in the 40 yard dash. And I think that matters for certain positions and it doesn't matter yep. for other positions. So um, it's just kind of taking all of that shit out of the combine and then using the necessary information to paint the most complete picture possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's like if, if, if Wandale all of a sudden runs like a, a four, seven, five, it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, like we expect him to be fast. That's all the old adage of not counting things twice. You know, when he runs fast, you just sort of nod your head and go, uh-huh. That's right. Yep. But not necessarily go, oh, he's fast. Let's move him up. You know, he was he's up because he's fast, you know? <laughs> right, right, <Yeah>. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's one of the things that tend to happen a lot, right? You know, um, fast player goes out there, runs fast, we lose our mind. I mean, shit, he was supposed to run fast. <laughs> yeah, we know he was that, right? To be fast. Don't yeah, don't he's fast count. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll probably get to some of those prospects, but you know, in, in the vein of like right now, before the combine, there's a lot of startups going off as I was saying. And, you know, right now you see a a lot of best ball start, you know, I've been, I've been dabbling a little bit with best ball just to get my feet wet with where the ADPs are at. Um, you know, because for me, I want to know, I play best ball for fun and hopefully profit. Although last year, not so good first, you know, two years ago. Okay. (laughs) Last year, not so good. You know, too much Cortland Sutton and, Yikes. Anyway, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, don't yeah. even get me started. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was w- way overweight on like Logan Thomas and Cortland Sutton. Ouch. Um, but, you know, this year, you know, it, it, it's good to see where some of the some of the, the the values are. And some of those values sort of translate to dynasty because, you know, where where a player's, you know, sort of going off in best ball, going off in all these other spots, you know, uh, for redraft. 
kind of lends itself to how they're being seen in dynasty startup rooms. And dynasty startup ADP is is sort of changing as we move here. And it's going to change a lot. You know, if you draft now versus if you draft in, you know, August, that's going to be quite a bit different. Uh, free agencies coming up, all these things, right? So as we sit right now, you know, um, I was going to ask you, who are some of the values that you're seeing at Dynasty? Any position, man. Like you could have just looked and been like, you know, I can't believe so-and-so is, is this far down the board. Um, what, do you, yeah, what do you see right I, now? I think it's all the I think it's all the running backs that just helped people win fantasy titles this past year. I mean, blanket, blanket statement. I think it's all the damn running backs that help people win. Um, this is uh, the more that I learn, right? Because the moment you get to the point where you think you're the dynasty guru and you don't need to learn or adjust processes is the moment when, uh, people probably should stop listening to your advice. Um, so I mean, the more that I've learned, um, throughout the years in the space, man, um, you, you know, you got to pick a direction with your team. And I think for a little while, everybody was so infatuated with the productive struggle approach, right? Just taking a bunch of young guys and waiting a couple of years, and then hopefully you have this monster. And you continue to see that trend happening, and it's pushing players like Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler down the boards further and further because they're old, right? They're older, um, it, the way that we dynasty, you know, 26 year old running backs, they're telling you, you need to sell 27 year old running back, get them off your roster. 28, you've already missed a boat, but those are still productive players, man. Yeah. Dalvin Cook's still going for 1300 next year. You know, Derrick Henry given health, he's still going to drop 14, 1500 yards on the ground. He's going to give you 10 plus touchdowns. You know, it's, it, he's not a player that you want to build long-term around, but you know, the name of the game is to win. You feel me? Like the name of the <laughs> yeah, game dude is to win. And I think because of the, I call it rookie hysteria, rookie fever, uh, young guys, this youth movement, it's pushing some of these veterans down the board. Devontae Adams, I'm seeing him going the fourth, fifth round. Dynasty startups. I mean, shit, you, you catch you that, then I mean, you're, you're sitting pretty, right? Like Matt Jones is going ahead of, and I get it. He's 23 years old. He's going ahead of Aaron Rodgers in dynasty. I get it. But if you can get Aaron Rodgers in the fourth, fifth round of a super flex startup and you compare that with Devontae Adams around the fourth, fifth round, I mean, even if there's even if it's only two more years of Rodgers, I mean, that's elite production and that's going to help you win a title. So I think the values that we're seeing is 100 percent some of the, the aging veterans that nobody wants anything to do with. I mean, some of my patrons right now, I got a message right now on my phone, dog, right, message, right, man, I'm trying to get rid of Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. What can I sell them for? Like what picks can I like people trying to trade CMC and Dalvin Cook for 2024 picks, 2023 picks. Yeah, And I get it. You know, there's a price for everybody. But right now what I'm seeing, man. Some of these veterans, you can get them on the low, and those are players that are going to help you win a title in 2022. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I, I'm looking right now, like, for example, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, we, we, you and I agreed to look at, like, keep trade cut as the one, you know, whatever. I mean, they're all very much the same. You look at sleeper or whatever, although sleepers coming along because there's a little bit of uh, 2021 ADP data in there. It's hard to formulate yet. But anyway, uh, keep trade cut has Ezekiel Elliott at RB23. RB23 and uh, player number 85 off the board in Superflex draft. That's, that is amazing. I mean, I'm not a huge Zeke fan, but he is tethered to opportunity because he has a gigantic contract. I know people have said, what about Todd Gurley? Well, look, 
know, the Rams had to eat Todd Gurley. They didn't want to do that. If Todd Gurley would have been somewhat effective, his ass would have still been out there. Let me just promise you that. It was because he broke him. That's why he doesn't even play in the league. Like, you know, it's not because they were like, oh, it's good enough to just get off this contract. That was painful for them. And it would be so painful for the Cowboys to get off Zeke this year. It's impossible, even next year. So he's tethered to probably two years of opportunity, even a split backfield opportunity in, in year two, potentially. But maybe not because Pollard's a, a free agent uh, to be, and he probably won't be here in two years either. So, you know, it's it's just like that with guys like Ezekiel Elliott. I, Ezekiel Elliott, I'm sure, is who you're talking about, as well as uh, guys like um, uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, etc. cetera. 100%, man. I mean, Zeke is another one. I just, same dynasty startup mock draft with sharp drafters. Ezekiel Elliott won, won, went one pick after Tony Pollard in the eighth <laughs> round, you know, Aaron Jones in the seventh round, you know, it's again, it's these running backs that people don't want because they've reached this, uh, you know, proverbial, proverbial age cliff. And it's just yeah. like, I can't, I, I don't, I don't want anything to do with these guys, but if the direction of your team is built to win now, those are players that can help you win a title. That opportunity matters, man. I'm chasing opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's funny, too, because like, you know, I, you know, all your patrons and all the people who are super like close, all the people listening to this show likely probably play in leagues where it's hyper competitive, where there's a lot of groupthink. But if, if a lot of you are playing with some of your like, you know, uh, you, you know, in your home leagues, Zeke might go RB8, you know, in which case you're like, screw that. I ain't paying no fucking premium for him either. But so it, it is going to be different from league to league. But you got to, you, you know, you got to understand where those where those values are. And look, I'm with you, man. You're going to let someone like that fall. I'm all over it. Hey, what about I, there was one I wanted to ask you about. And I, I'm going to bring him up here real quick. Um, it's not a running back. It's a wide receiver. This wide receiver had one of the best um you know, age 21 seasons in league history, Juju Smith-Schuster. Care Mm. to guess where Juju Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver 37, going outside the top 100 picks. I don't know, man. What do you think about that? I think Juju's a value, man. I mean, he's still incredibly young. Um, Is he the dominant alpha wide receiver that we may have thought he was? Absolutely not. And I do think... Uh, crazy ass Antonio Brown, there was some truth to what he said. You know, he was like, hey, you're getting these targets because they're focusing on me. Um, You know, is he that guy? No. But can he be a serviceable, if he can get back on his shit, can he be a serviceable wide receiver too? Mid to, you know, mid to low range wide receiver too? Yeah. And here's the thing, you need that in Dynasty. There, There are only 12 top 12 wide receivers right and of that 12 there's only like four or five that you consider like truly elite game-changing type players so you need to fill out the back half of your roster you need to acquire that depth and Juju's going to be on a new team he's still incredibly young he has produced in the past and if if you're saying that he's being drafted as wide receiver 37 I don't think there are 36 wide receivers better than Juju Smith-Schuster. Sign me up at that at that cost, right? Yeah, and, and what's interesting about that, Ray, is like right now I'm looking at he's pick 102 in this, you know, in uh, keep trade cut, and he's up 20 spots. So he was 122, and I just was uh, DMing with, uh, you know, uh, one of my patrons uh, as well, and he, he was asking me about um, – uh, who to draft where. And I asked him where Juju went in that draft. He went uh, pick 10, four. So that's 
pick 124. So he went pick 124. Again, I think you're going to find immense value with a player like him. I'm with you. I don't think he's at all, uh, uh, you know, this top of the line, you know, top six wide receiver ceiling type player. But uh, if, I mean, the day he lands in Kansas city, well, I mean, you can pencil him in for 130 targets and, it could get double digit touchdowns. I mean, he's going to, he's been a target monster. I mean, at the very least, even in this shitty Pittsburgh offense, he was still, uh, you know, earning targets at a pretty high pace. And if he's able to continue, and he was doing that with uh, DJ and Claypool there. So, I mean, you know, and opposite Antonio Brown. So he's been in competitive rooms where he's earned targets. And just because Ben Roethlisberger's arm fell off, doesn't mean Juju sucks. Agreed, hundred percent, man. I mean, I Love think it. we're I think we're in lockstep with Juju, man. Cool. I was I was waiting for you some pushback. I, there's a you know I was asking some of my guys. I was asking some of my guys at the undroppables. They were like, on. nah, fuck Juju. I'm like, yo, what do you mean? You know. So I mean, there's some there's some hate, and that's why he's at one pick one hundred to one twenty. And again, I'm at not saying point, go go reach for his ass, but he's right. there, man. I mean, at that point, who else is going after him? Like, where's the where's the what's the great case? after him like what 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 are we talking about like right. uh, at, at yeah, that I mean, cost outside of the top 100 picks wide receiver 37 i mean make it tell me who's after him that is just criminally we should have ahead of juju that and then maybe i'll, I'll adjust but i, I don't I, I don't see what the issue is lord knows i can't do it but one of the guys that's right ahead of him um that i'm you know, so I famously last year was having so much fun with this player. I mean, you know, the gifts, the whole thing. I had the the dead man, you know, the 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 mummy coming out of a of a of a coffin and shit like that. Cadaver, the Tony, Kadarius Tony. Look, I just didn't think he was a first round draft pick in the NFL. I didn't think he was a you know a top you know first round rookie pick type of player. But you know, I said it. if he was if he was drafted in the third round, I'd have been all over him because I think he's a a hell of a football player, just not an elite wide receiver yet. And he right. showed something in year one and I'm, I'm on board. I'm like in, I think he's going to be serviceable in the NFL. I mean, he proved that he can compete at that level. I don't know exactly what his ceiling and floor is, but it, it, it's, it, it's higher than I thought it was. Uh, both are higher than I thought they were coming in, but now he's being drafted at wide receiver 36 ahead of the likes of Juju Sutton and even Tyler Lockett. Are you okay with this price, or are you? Should we pump the brakes a little bit? And you're talking about for Kadarius Tony, right? Kadarius Tony, wide receiver, thirty six, ahead of Juju, Cortland Sutton, and Tyler Lockett right now. Yeah. yeah I, you okay? I think you know, for for dynasty, I probably am still in on Kadarius Tony, man. I mean, he was a first round pick. I know he was in and out of the lineup, but that whole Giants team was was terrible. Everybody from top to bottom, right? It can only it can't get much worse than it was last season. So when you're talking about what he did when he was on the field, he looked fucking good. Like he yeah. looked really good yep. when he was on the field. I'm gonna bank on the draft capital, the explosiveness, the run after the catchability, and the upgrade in offensive play calling around him. You know, hopefully Brian Dayball from Buffalo and whoever they bring in can can scheme to Kadarius Tony's skill set. So, yeah. um, I, if you're asking me if I had to choose between one of the players, yeah, give me give me Tony over Juju. I'm 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 fine with that. Where he's at, I love it. There you go. I I wasn't sure where I was at with him to be honest with you. I don't even I can't you know after having you know these sort of anti Kadarius takes all offseason just because it was fun, uh, you know. But now he's shown to be a value, and I think that's pretty interesting. So you know. He's going ahead of, in, in last year's class, Rondell Moore, which is 
obviously at this point, but I mean, so you, you, you'd clear, I mean, shit, you, you and me both love Rondale. So you're okay with a 23 year old Kadarius Tony over a 21 year old Rondale Moore right now. Oh man, I'm out. I'm out on Rondale, man. That's a lesson learned for me. Um, you know, betting on five foot seven wide receivers that are, their games predicated on out yakking NFL defenders is probably just not a good (laughs) bet. And if there was going to be a guy to break that mold and be the outlier, it was Rondell Moore. Um, I, I, I'll say my fingers are still crossed, and I've yeah. got hope that he can pull it together. But that hope is not founded on any kind of data. Uh, right. There's nothing that that I could like point to and, and quantify how it's going to happen with him. But lesson learned in moving forward, any of those five foot seven, five foot eight kind of yak college guys, good college players. But I'll probably pass on them for uh, high draft capital in my uh, fantasy teams. Hey, speaking of learning my lesson, uh, the next guy I want to mention was Jalen Waddle. My goodness. Mm. You know, I was on the show, I think it was a couple weeks ago, and I was making the argument that you could move him as high as wide receiver seven in my rankings. And I'm like, I, I'm okay. You know, I had him at 13 or something like that. Is this that, that sort of second tier after the big guys? And then I look at keep trade cut here, and they've got him at wide receiver six. Holy smokes, man. You know, uh, hold up. He just moved up again. He is at wide receiver five, y'all. Holy <laughs> smokes. Yo, it's yeah. Chase Jefferson Brown Cup Waddle. Are we okay here, or is this a little too rich for what Jalen Waddle did in year one? I mean, first of all, I'm not taking Cooper Cup as dynasty wide receiver four. I'm so, with you. Like, that's already fucked, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. Can, I think you can make the case for him as wide receiver five. I think somebody, I think there's a compelling case to be made, especially if Miami doesn't invest significant draft capital in a wide receiver in the 2022 draft class. I'm not really worried about the free agent pool because I don't think there's a wide receiver that they can bring in in the open market that's more talented than Jalen Waddle. I think you can make a case, but I'm just not going to go that far yet. Um, you know, I was on the PFF show today with Ian Harditz, and I, I heard think, it. I, I think. Wide receiver six, wide receiver seven, yeah, wide receiver five. Again, you can make the case, but I, I'm I'm not going to go that high with Waddle. But I love the talent, love the skill set, and what's 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 great, what's crazy about Waddle is his claim to fame was supposed to be his game breaking speed and over the top ability, and he showed a skill set this season that was completely like 180 from what we thought he could do. Bingo. So. I mean, it, he could be just scratching the surface. Like if he's already yeah. showing a proficiency to command, you know, short area and intermediate targets, once they do start to open him up down the field, it could get even scarier for Waddle. And I think that is where you can make that case, right? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I, I was ready to move him up. I'm with you too. So uh, I think you guys were talking about it. You had, you know, as a matter of fact, I think I picked up my kids right when you were talking about the top five wide receivers. I don't know if I heard that conversation out, but it was, you know, it's of course is Jamar and, and Jefferson, of course, everybody's gotten there. And I think right now there's sort of that AJ Brown wide receiver three. He's sort of sitting on an Island by himself. We kind of all just go, yeah, let's just put him there. Like, right. Isn't that kind of where we're at right now? And then I think it gets to be the questions. I think then it's, you know, there's a lot of guys you could put in that number four chair. You know, it was funny. You talked about, um, you know, Cooper cup, not being your wide receiver four. I do agree, but isn't there a little bit of that, uh, sleeping on like Zeke, Zeke and Dalvin in trying to move him down too far? Because like, let's say you and I are running a team, like we're in a draft and it's a, it's a high, high stakes league and we're on the clock 
and the top three are gone, we need to at least discuss Cooper Cup. You know, I mean, we have to have a conversation, right? Like, c- c- because he could help us win year one. I mean, that's how much of a game changer he is. And he is kind of a route technician. You know, he's not just uh, athleticism, win on the outside type of guy. He's a technician. His game could age pretty well. And I would say that he's at least got two years with Matt Stafford, unless Matt Stafford gets hurt. I, I know anything can happen. Right, but- right. Assuming health, he's got two with Matt Stafford here. Hey, man, I'll take two years of what we just saw. Obviously, not to that level. I'm, you know, you can't predict that, but you know what I mean. Two more years yeah. of Cooper Cup could be pretty de- devastating. Yeah, but in Dynasty, I, I don't think I can take a 29 year old wide receiver yeah. at wide receiver four. I, I yeah. just I couldn't do it. He's still he'll be 29 going into this season, and then going into next year, he turns 30. Yep. And I know it seems like it's like he can't stop. He's going to continue to go forever. But didn't we just feel like that about DeAndre Hopkins a couple of years ago? And now it's like Nuke's not even in the consideration as a top 12 right. dynasty wide receiver. So it's the it's the I'd rather be a year too early than a year too late kind of thing. And what Cooper Cup did this year I'm, I I don't know what the fuck regression means and all of that, but I'm just going to just go out on a limb and say the it's season coming. that he had this year, I, I, this might be like peak Cooper Cup season, right? No I doubt. Mean, triple crown winner. Uh, just betting on him to do that again is probably ambitious and probably a little bit just pie in the sky. So yeah. uh, again, but it goes back to direction. Like if you're like, I don't care, I want two years of that and I'll figure it out after that, then, then go ahead and dynasty that way. There's no right or wrong way to do this. I just know for me, after Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown and uh, uh, Justin Jefferson are off the board, I'm not taking Cooper Cup over T. Higgins, over Jalen Waddle, over like, – I, I just could not do that um, for my fantasy roster, for my dynasty rosters. I couldn't do it. But he's a dope-ass player, man, for sure. So give the listeners the football porn they want and tell us who you got at wide receiver four. In dynasty, um, I still have CeeDee Lamb as wide receiver four. I still there have CeeDee Lamb at wide receiver four. He's still there for me. And yeah. I know people – are waiting for the massive blow-up season. And I do think it's probably right there on the horizon here in 2022. Um, I still have uh, CeeDee Lamb as wide receiver four, and then uh, DK Metcalf rounding out the top five of dynasty wide receivers for me. CeeDee Lamb still younger than uh, than Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Kadarius yep. Tony, all those guys. So, you know, look, CeeDee Lamb, still the guy. Uh, I'm with you 100%. You know, if uh, if you were coming out of college and, you know, right now we'd be like all over it. So, yeah, it's still it's still CD Lamb for me. I'm not as sure about, um, <clears throat> you know, DK. I, I like DK and I, I have a hard time putting him here or there. You know, I look at guys like Waddle and even Tyree Hill and Devonta Adams for the reasons you stated in Cooper Cup. Like, I don't know, man, you know, that 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 DK Metcalf uh, situation could change very quickly with the quarterback situation, the way he wins. I love DK and I was a bit wrong on him, but you know, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little, I'd rather have T Higgins and DK me personally. Okay, so that's fair. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't argue it. I mean, if you told me nah, DK, I'm at T uh, Higgins over DK. I'm not going to argue that at all. Like I'm, yeah. I wouldn't argue that at all. And Debo, I think is a sell in dynasty as much as I think Debo's probably like, it's funny. The San Francisco 49ers have like two of my favorite players in the whole league and three, we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, but you know, Kittle and Debo, man, it's like, geez, I love those two football players. I mean, yeah. if you played a down of football in your life, any competitive level, 
you fucking love George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. They're just football players, oh. man. You just I'm not even a 49ers fan and no. I love watching them play, man. They're just some players that are just born to ball. And when they when they're on TV, I gotta watch Kittle and and you're excited to watch Debo. And I'm glad we finally got a fully healthy season out of Debo Samuel. So yeah. but I too agree with you. I would be trying to sell him in Dynasty, not buy. And because of the injuries and because of the lack of targets and because of the way he wins, not because I think he's something's going to go wrong with him other than injury. I mean, which, you know, you can't predict injury, but you certainly can predict injury for a guy who's been injured, who plays (laughs) as violently as he is. Well, listen, man, I I don't want my damn wide receiver running toss sweeps where the linebacker's got a full head of steam. (laughs) And I know it's cool to see, and he's bouncing off tackles and running over linebackers, but that's not what you want from a guy who's been injured. I mean, he's had injuries all through college. I mean, that was an issue coming out of South Carolina, the injury history. And, And if everybody wants to be real coming into this season, nobody was on Debo. All the smoke was around Brandon Ayuk. Debo yep. was an afterthought, right? And then he sort of found his way, um, and kudos to him for for balling out the way he did. But if I had him in Dynasty, he'd 100% be a sell for me. Like, I'd be trying yeah. to move off of him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and he'd be just a scary guy to push the button, you know, for in the top five top 10 wide receivers, you know, I'd just be staring at other guys going, maybe, you know, even a guy like Deontay Johnson, you know, or DJ Moore, speaking of which DJ Moore, if he sees, you know, I I think my, my good friend, Adam Hutchinson tweeted today, but if he sees some up uh, quarterback upgrade, which he has not had good quarterback play like at all, he saw, you know, the corpse of Cam Newton, you know, other fill-ins. And then I, I, I famously said this year, we were like, Sam Darnold's going to save DJ Moore. When those words come out your mouth, you know it's fucked up. So DJ Moore has not had the best quarterback play. So what are we thinking about DJ Moore going forward at only 24 years old, a year older than Jalen Waddell? I mean, we just got our fingers crossed. We got our fingers crossed for a QB upgrade that's competent enough to um, get him the ball. I mean, that's... (laughs) That's where we're at at this point, man. It's just fingers crossed and prayers to the sky. I mean, yes. I, I love DJ Moore. I think he's a phenomenal wide receiver, phenomenal talent. But, man, it's the, the QB play is atrocious, and it's, yeah. and it's killing him, man. And I think, again, all our fingers are just crossed that they either bring in somebody or they, they draft one of the higher-end quarterbacks in this class to really unlock unlock the potential that he has. Wait, there's a high-end quarterback in this draft? Joking. Joking. The, the higher-end quarterback. Listen, <laughs> man, here's the thing. Here's, here's my thing with that. A lot of people keep talking about this, man. Yeah. It's like 14, 15 fucking quarterbacks in the league that are god-awful. Like, yes. legitimately, right? Yeah. And I think the big issue in Dynasty, like, you, you I've, I've go, I'm going on a crusade to just debunk this, this theory and this myth, right? Of course, if I could have Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, I would want that. There are only a handful of those guys. And here's the reality. Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, um, uh, those, th- those top five quarterbacks in Dynasty, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, they're not going anywhere for the next five to seven years. So if you think that any quarterback in the NFL – or upcoming in 2022 or 2023 or 2024 is going to crack that top five or crack that top six, the chances of that happening are probably slim to none. 
So well you're said. already starting the threshold at ceiling at QB seven or eight, and that's not including the Trey Lances and the Justin Fields and the Dak Prescotts of the world. So, I mean, the bar is really at about QB 10 to QB 17. That's what we're looking at yep. for the next five to seven years. So while Malik Willis and Matt Corral may not have this Justin Herbert type upside, they are a hell of a lot better than fucking Jared Goff and Taylor Heineke and Mason Rudolph. And the list goes on and on. Yeah, of it sure does. Mediocre quarterbacks in the NFL. And if they're drafted with any significant draft capital, they're going to get an opportunity to play. And everybody's shitting on Malik Willis right now. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Week one, I don't care if he throws two interceptions. He goes out there and runs for 74 yards and a touchdown. His dynasty value is going to skyrocket because people are going to be like, oh, my God, he can, even with a bad game as a rookie, wait until they get him a quarterback upgrade. I mean, we got Tua going in the third round of dynasty startups. Tua, <laughs> Mac Jones, third round. Yep. I mean, hey, fade between I'm with you. quarterbacks if you want to. I mean. No, no. Hey, listen. Fade him if you want to. Hey, Ray, listen, I just did, you know, I just did my Dynasty um, rankings um, uh, podcast, and I came out and I said my first three picks would have been uh, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Matt Corral ahead of Brees Hall and all these other guys. Why? Because of, look, what we know now is these guys are likely to be drafted in the top 15, which means they're going to be starting football games, which means even if they suck like Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones, they're still going to play as much as Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones have played in the last you know three years, and they're going to be tethered to opportunity because a GM doesn't want to draft a guy and give up on him after six games. It ain't going to happen. That just – that ain't going to happen. You know, we're going to – which – I always say the only one that that's ever happened to is Josh Rosen. Josh God bless Rosen. him. Pour one out. Yeah. It's like, but really that's the only example of a guy drafted in that top area. Look at, look at the savior right now, the QB one potentially in all the dynasty. Josh Allen had two years of under 56% completion percentage. The team wasn't winning. And then he came out and had one of the, the, you want to talk about regression, positive regression seasons in the history of the NFL and changed his career. So, yeah, I'm with you. And the reason that I have Malik Willis at one is not because I think he has the best chance to succeed or the best chance to stick. It's because I think he has the highest upside. And so, look, that's where I'm at with that. I mean, I'm with you 100%, but I'm very, very dubious as to whether these guys are any good. So I would probably draft him. And if I'm really, really dubious, I'd probably trade him as soon as you yeah. say he, he has that week one where his, uh, you know, his upside goes up. Yep, yep. I, 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 I'm with you. I think we're in lockstep there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I just mean that, you know, there's probably not a going. But speaking of this 2022 class, which is why, I mean, Jesus, I get the, this this guy who, like, knows everything about college football, and I spent a half an hour talking to him about, uh, <laughs> you know, Juju Smith-Schuster. Y'all are like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Scott? Jesus, man. Ask the man the questions we want to hear. And, of course – that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to go into the 2022 class. I am so grateful to have you on, Ray, because you are a college football guy. You do know these guys through and through because you you love college football, and I, I love that about you. So I'm going to pick your brain a little bit, but I'm going to ask you straight off the top, the the you know, the the sports reporter question, who's your RB1 in this class? We'll just start right there. Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller's oh. RB1. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. RB1. So we won by by a very thin uh, couple of points in my in my in my grading system, just a couple tenths of a of a point. He edged out Brees Hall, but uh, those are the two tier one guys for me. So there's two guys in tier one: it's Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, 
I, I really don't give a shit which one you put in front of the other. I'll let Draft Capital sort of sort that out for me. Uh, my process is I grade these guys based on the film. I don't care about the combine. I don't care about the landing spot. I don't care about any of that. I'm just grading them based on the tape. And then once they're drafted, I'll let the draft capital sort of sort out the final uh, areas within the ranks that I'll, I'll, I'll produce uh, for my people. Well, you know, Ray, you know, I appreciate that. And i got to tell you, I had Felix Sharp on the show, you know, at the very, very beginning. And, uh, you know, I didn't even, I, you know, I kind of know the, the prospects because, I mean, I, I remember Isaiah Spiller when he was a freshman and. You know, I was like, oh, this is the next dude. Like, I can't wait for the Isaiah Spiller class, et cetera. And he had a right. great freshman year. And then you look at – and I'm just box score scouting here, Ray, so don't get mad at me. So I'm like I'm, – I look at, you know, his three years, and I'm like, yo, Felix, what the fuck, man? He didn't get any better. Like, it just looks the same. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Where's the dominance? Where was this domination that we should have seen from him as he started to become a sophomore and a junior? I'll just ask mm-hmm. you that straight up. What's up with that? Um. Do you know who his head coach was? I don't know shit. <laughs> okay. No, no, I don't. Jimbo. I don't. I mean, coach, tell us. Head coach Jimbo Fisher. Go back to Jimbo Fisher. I believe from 2010, the time he took over head coaching jobs at Florida State, to 2021, he's had running backs Devonta Freeman, Cam Akers, Dalvin Cook. I believe in those 11 years, from 2010 to 2021. In 11 years, I think only four running backs have ever carried the ball more than 200 times in a season. I think it happened four or five times in 11 years that a Jimbo Fisher running back, and he's had some fucking good ones, have carried the ball over 200 times in a season. I believe Dalvin Cook did it twice. Travion Henderson did it once. And I think there was one other running back that had over 200 carries. That's just not what they do. Right. And this 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 is the thing... And, and this is the thing, like, there are certain college programs, Georgia being one of them, Kirby Smart, you don't believe me, you can look it up. Kirby Smart has said, if you are a running back and you come to the University of Georgia, you will not carry the ball 300 plus times. It's not going to happen. My job is to get you here, get you out of Georgia as fresh as possible for the NFL. Well, he had Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. DeAndre Swift's a true freshman. He's carrying the ball over Nick Chubb at certain points in the time in the game. Like, that's just... Some college schemes don't just give one guy the ball every damn time. Isaiah Speller, over three straight seasons in the SEC with over 1,000 total yards. Yep. Three straight years. Three uh, Rushing um, yards, too. Yeah, absolutely. The SEC is the, the closest preparatory farm system next to the NFL that there is in the world. 100%. Is the SEC. Not the Big 12, not no. the ACC. Breesaw absolutely dominated the Big 12. What running back does not dominate the Big 12? And I'm not shitting on Brees Hall. And then a lot of the Isaiah Spiller concerns, well, it doesn't look that fast. The other running back was much faster. Yeah. Devon A-Chain. Um, yeah, A-Chain's faster, obviously, but that's not the point. Um, a- it's not just that he's faster. Let's let's give it what it really is. He's one of the fastest men in the United States of America. He's the 11th <laughs> fastest track athlete in the country. Devon A-Chain almost is at a time in the 200-meter dash that qualifies him for the fucking Olympics. Uh, he is world-class speed. Not just fast, he is world-class speed. So, yes, any running back situated next to Isaiah Spiller is not going to look, situated next to Devon A-Chain is not going to look fast. 
Three straight years of early production in the SEC, a proficiency to catch the ball, and he stands at six foot six one, two hundred fifteen pounds. I mean, what else? What else do you want? Yeah, I'm with you. And, by and, the way, and keep going, please. And if we look at the data, right? I, uh, Brees Hall, I believe, had 177 more rush attempts than Isaiah Spiller in his career. Less than a thousand yard difference between those two. Right, I think it's 948 yards of different of of rushing total off of 177 fewer carries for Isaiah Spiller. The big discrepancy between the two are the touchdowns. I mean, Brees Hall was a touchdown machine at Iowa State. I think he had like 56, 58 touchdowns in his career. Isaiah Spiller only like 25, 26. You produce in the SEC for three years. Uh, I'm not going to question it. If he gets the draft capital, um, he's going to remain RB one. If he doesn't, if he goes in the fourth, fifth round, and Brees Hall goes in the third round, I'll move him up. But Per all the mock drafts that are out there, I don't think there is a consensus running back in the NFL draft class, and it could very well be Kenneth fucking Walker, who's the first running back off of the board come April. I love it. So, you know, hey, so, so I'm with you. And and so, I, I, you know, Brees Hall is sort of my RB1 right now, but I, I, let me ask you this. Have you, you know, our good friend Nick Urcolano over at Big Dog Got to Eat, we love Nick. Well, Nick has unearthed this young man named Noah Hill. And Noah Hill had been doing some pretty cool research, just sort of running back stuff. And one of the things that he does that I kind of like, and I've done, I've dabbled a little bit, just kind of like surface. uh, I looked at this, like, you know, you look at a guy who, who averages like six yards a carry at his team. Well, what did the other running backs do? If the other running backs were averaging, it was like the Memphis thing. Remember Memphis? Like, you know, I was like, wait, Daryl Henderson's ripping like 8.2 a carry. Like, is he this good? Or is there just like some room to run here in Memphis? And you look at the other backs, you sort of compare them. You say, oh, okay, there's a little bit more room here, right? So you kind of look at a level of competition, et cetera. So what Noah Hill has done is he's taken that that data and really dove in. So he's really, you know, sort of, you know, uh, done it to all the backs so that way we have a, a level playing field. I, I, I encourage you, to go listen to it because I would actually love for you to, and you could, Hey man, do, put out some content, a, a rebuttal of this podcast that, he, that Noah Hill does. Cause I thought it was outstanding and he's not even saying he don't like Isaiah Spiller, but he did say that there's some numbers that are very concerning about Isaiah Spiller. I'm going to give you one little piece of that and then you can retort. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so what he did is he basically said, okay, he looked at guys where they are uh, outproduced, on a, on a on a per touch basis by the other running backs in their backfield, okay? And they said, mm-hmm. "Whoa, it's not fair sometimes to look at you know maybe guys who outproduce some other stiffs. Like, what if all the other guys are stiff?" So he said, "Well, let's let's look at only guys who outproduced who got outproduced by other backs, but the other backs were three star high school recruits or more, but on average, the, 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 the other backs in the backfield, he did that. And then he said, they also had to average at least 10 carries. Um, and, uh, and this was since 2012. So these are the guys that were outproduced by other backs on their team by a certain measure. I remember what the hell it was. I have to go back and look at it. Um, and they played with other good backs in their backfield, right? And then maybe mm-hmm. there's draft capital thing to to it, but here's the here's the list of guys that Isaiah Spiller falls into who who fit that description. Ready? Yep. Miles Miles Gaskin, Cyrus Gray, Paul Perkins, James White, Benny Snell, Bishop Sankey, Zach Stacy, Cameron Artis Payne, Samaje P Ryan, Kristen Michael, 
Trent Richardson, Monty Ball, Joseph Randall, Quadri Allison, TJ Yeldon, Kadeem Carey, and Trey Mason. Whew, that's not a good list. I'm, I, I like Isaiah Spiller. What I'm getting at, why was he so thoroughly outproduced by Devin A-Chain and others in that, in that backfield? Um, thoroughly outproduced on a per touch basis. Um, my apologies, sir. I mean, a chain had 130 carries, 910. Spiller yeah. had 179 over a thousand yards. Yeah. A chain had 24 receptions, 261. Spiller had 25 for 189. They both had a touchdown. They both were over 1100 yards. I, I, I mean, I could I could take whatever fucking number and whatever arbitrary carry threshold I want and build a case for it. Three years in the SEC over eleven hundred and fifty total yards, three straight years. Yeah, that's my fucking retort. That's the retort. I'm I'm looking at him against Alabama, against all world defenders. I'm looking at him against Missouri, in Mississippi State, in Florida, in Auburn, and I'm watching him produce. And, oh, by the way, he's going to be the youngest running back in the NFL the moment that he's drafted. Okay? He's six foot, yep. 215 pounds. It's, I know Noah. I, Noah and I DM. I've read his, uh, the, I think it's BAE, Bay yeah, score, yeah, yeah, yeah. his model. I think it's it, a fantastic yeah. read. Yep. Very, very interesting data. It moves my, my, my process needle zero. I'm still just as flaccid as I was before I started this podcast. <laughs> it does nothing for me. I do not care if he's drafted in day day two, second round, third round. I'm in. Yep. Like that's what it boils down to. I can build, I can take numbers and skew them to tell whatever fucking story that I want them to tell. Because the same way you say all of that, I guarantee somebody who's pro Isaiah Spiller could take numbers and give you some names yep. and spit some shit out and pick a threshold and say, but he did this. So he's good. What I do is I simplify the game, right? I'm watching it. I'm watching the all 22. I'm looking at him run versus stack boxes. I'm looking at him run uh, when he catches the ball in the open field. And I'm looking at his skill set. And that's what I'm going off of. Like, it's interesting data. Um, I enjoy the read. I enjoy the listen. It's entertaining. I've got a 45 minute commute to work. So it, it helps me get there. And I cut it off and I go about my fucking day. It, it does nothing <laughs> for me. If he's drafted in the fifth round, of the NFL draft, then I'll say, you know what? Maybe the NFL said that we're not filling this cat. But there's no body, none, not a single solitary soul in this fantasy football space that is going to put anything out, written, video, audio, that's going to make me completely change my viewpoint on a player that I've watched play for three years. Right? When you, when you, piece, yeah. but I'm good. When you poke the dragon, he breathes fire. That's all I'm going to fucking say right there. That's my boy. That's my boy. No, Ray, but, I love but in it, all baby. Seriousness, Scott, like I, I, I truly, like I told him, though, it's a good fucking read. Like I appreciate yeah. it. But I've watched this kid go for over 1,100 three straight years in the SEC. Like I don't need to see anything else. I'll let the NFL dictate whether they feel he's good or bad. And if they tell me, yo, this kid is a fifth round pick. Moving them down. I don't think that happens either. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what happens if he's in a better class because obviously, again, you know, there's no Dalvin Cook, there's no Ezekiel Elliott, there's none of these guys. I mean, you know, if he 
for me personally, all these guys would be behind, you know, the JT Akers, Swift, Dobbins. I mean, none of them are, none of them are Easy. in that class, right? Easy. Yep. Right. percent. Yep. Right. So yep. I'm with you. You know, I, again, I, I don't know what to make. I've got Brees Hall, number one. And, you know, my number two right now is the guy that we've been tiptoeing around a little bit who, look, if you have been watching football, because I, I did the I did the film study on this this dude, Kenneth Walker, he can run the football. Can he not? He can. He's a fin- he's a fin- I think he uh, the old best pure runner, probably yeah. the best pure runner in the class, man. Like if I'm we're being you. real, he's great. He's a fantastic runner. Only issue with Kenneth Walker and the reason why I have him graded where I do is just we haven't seen the receiving versatility that I really think is important. But that's not to say he can't do it because I think he can. I think his hands are fine. We just haven't seen it. So it's one of those things where we see a little bit of that in year one. Then, I mean, it's wheels up for Kenneth Walker. I'm with you. I love the young man. He's a phenomenal running back. Yeah, I, uh, I, I yeah, I'm with you. The, the look, that's the whole point. Like, if he had Brees Hall and Isaiah Spillers receiving, uh, you know, uh, yep. uh numbers, he would be running back one, yeah, wouldn't uh, you probably, say? Probably, probably. Yeah. I was just gonna if he lined up in the slot, if he, you know, ran some of those choice option routes that we'd like to see out of the running backs, if he's shown just a little more receiving chops, uh, he would definitely probably be pushing for uh, that RB1 spot in this class. He's just incredible. He's an incredible running back, man. As it is, we've got this discussion now. We've got the best pure runner in Walker. We've got the guy who did it in the SEC and Spiller who can catch the ball. That's the thing. You know, when we talk about my anatomy series, it's like, you know, the check marks are all there. Well, look, Spiller's going to check a lot of freaking boxes on, on that. So I'm with you as well, like just from the straight eye test. But, you know, it's always that thing. It's like, oh, man, why'd that guy bust? Why'd this guy do that? You know, like we're always looking for. So I'm like this skeptic. I'm just wondering. And unlike you, Ray, and some of my other friends who watch a lot of college football, I don't watch a lot of college football. You know, Uh, my job is such that I'm working Saturdays. I just, you know, I'll check the box scores. I like box score scouting. I'll watch some highlights. I'm good. It's all good because I don't know enough. You know, I, I sit down, watch Ohio State, and be like, "Oh shit, it's fifty-four to nothing at halftime." I'm like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> so I don't know which games over to watch. So I watch the big stuff and I hang in there. But so for me, it's like a process of like I start right, you know, not now, but a couple months back, yeah. and I start to yeah, 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 right. And so I just want to discover this and hearing someone like yourself just fall in love with Isaiah Spiller. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm asking. You know, I hear Noah Hill. I'm like, oh, shit, that don't sound good. Then I hear I Felix even... Sharp had him as RB1, and, and you have him at RB1. Yeah. And a lot of other guys have him at RB1 who watch college football. So that means the dude is good. Here's my thing, too. Another dynasty lesson that I've learned. I've just removed rankings. Even in my services that I yeah. offer, I, they're not even they're, they're not numerical ranks. I, I just tier them, right? I think, yes. the, I think there's a tier of running backs – Take which one you like. Like one, the thing that I vowed to never do again that I spent so much time doing last year was fucking arguing over QB five versus QB four. Like it's a, it's a wasteful. By the way, you were right about that though. You were right about that argument, weren't you? You had Mac Jones. So take your victory lap because I was with you. You remember that tweet? Hey, early in the process, I was like, Yo, what the fuck? Why does nobody like Mac Jones? Remember I asked you and you were like, yo, I don't know. I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure. Cause like I started to do my thing. Like I'm talking about, I don't know much. I, I'm like, what the fuck does this guy need to do? I'm like, well, you know, what are we missing on Mac Jones? And turns out we were missing nothing. Yeah. I mean, 
it's pretty clear. Like yep. October of 2020, I was like, this dude's going to be a first round pick. Oh my God. Laugh Ray out the building. Yeah. Um, they did somehow too. Those, those tweets got deleted. Um, they sure did. Bro. Everybody that said that, I mean, I don't even need to like that, that one. I don't even feel good about laughing because it was so fucking painstakingly obvious. He was going to be a first round pick. Like, should he have ever, should he have ever been considered at number three? Probably not. But I do believe there was probably some smoke. There was probably some truth around that uh, it, with San Francisco so wanting to. I think then they'll never come out and say it. But just given how much Shanahan seems to love Jimmy Garoppolo, it, it I, I think there was some truth around that. Neither here nor there. Well, well, uh, well I, I will. Just, I will say not, this, Ray. I'm not arguing that stuff. Ray, anymore, I heard. The, I heard the best thing I heard was, and I think it might have been shit. Uh, it was someone like who knows shit. Like it was like Mike Lombardi or something like that. I don't remember who I heard it from, mm-hmm. but they were saying that. It was Mac Jones, and it was Kyle Shanahan who wanted Mac Jones in the front. And so that was where he was at. And then the front office, the analytics, the this, the that, the all the other people said, "Yo, yo, maybe a little trade." And then they brought him along, and he was like, "Well, dude, this guy, you know." And and that's where it went. So I've heard that it does make sense because either that or Kyle Shanahan's the fucking wizard because that means he specifically leaked it to just the right people just enough to make it seem like it was true and he's either a fucking wizard or the other one's true right i mean it's one or the other yeah yeah it's one or the other i agree man where the smoke there's fire i think there was definitely something there yeah uh, with the mac jones thing but i'm not ar- listen i've got th- there are other prospects to discuss if you uh, i'm not going to yeah, argue go. Brees Hall ver- versus Isaiah. not you but just no, in no, yeah. general <laughs> Like, I'm not arguing Brees Hall versus Isaiah Spiller. I don't care if you have them one or, like, yeah. at worst, those are your top, they're inside your top five running backs. And if not, then I pray no one's paying for that service that says those guys aren't top five running backs. Like, it's yeah. like, let's, let's, we're better off talking about who could be the next, you know, fifth, sixth round guy that gets opportunity and produces instead of fucking bitching about the top guys in the class, you know? Well, Lord knows we did that too because you had called. I mean, not that we're here to victory lap, but I mean, you know, we did do it. Uh, you, you had mentioned uh, Elijah Mitchell, and you know, I swear on 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 the on the Bible, I didn't hear you do that. And I had asked, uh, I think it was again Felix early because I have him early on about Elijah Mitchell, and he was like, "Yeah, dude," and he knew all the damn player Trey Ragas, I think, was over there too or something like that. Yep. And he was like. He was ripping off all the, you know, the schemes and shit. I'm like, yeah, fucking it. I was just looking. It looked good to me. And, uh, you know, so we unearthed Elijah early. You did too. You beat me to it. You got the receipts to keep it. But we did that last year. Now, I would ask, who, after those three, who do you have next? Like, who's the guy that you want to keep your eye on? Because here we are before Combine and before Draft Capital. Because, you know, I, I remember a year ago, there was a little bit of Kylan Hill, Jamar Jefferson talk, and who knows, maybe these guys are, are the next one. And then they go in the fucking seventh round or some shit like that. <laughs> you know, cross them off, right? Yeah, yeah. So who, yeah. who's next at least right now for you? Um, I'm really, I'm really, Zonovan Bam Knight is a player that I really, really, really like. Um, he graded out as RB6 for me, just off the film grades, um, in the class, just the tape, the size, the speed, uh, special teams ability. I think yep. next week could be huge for Bam Knight. If he it's runs gonna fast, have to be, right? yeah. um, then I think he's a player that could propel themselves maybe to a fourth round pick in the NFL draft. And I think with, 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 with players like Elijah Mitchell, with players like Bam Knight, with those kind of guys, I, I don't really care about the profile. Because if you're drafting on day three, that means the profile was broken somewhere, right? You're either an older right. running back, you didn't produce a lot, something happened, 
All I care about is the skill set. When I'm looking at four fifth round dart throws at the running back position or at any position, all I care about is the skill set. If this right. player can get an opportunity to get on the field, do they have the athletic traits and the skill set to produce if given that opportunity? Yeah, well said. And I think a player like Bam Knight has that skill set to produce if given the opportunity. Ty yes. Chandler, running back out of North Carolina, former four or five star recruit, depending on the high school service you look at. He's got the skill set to produce if given the opportunity. He's going to be a day three pick, Ty Chandler is. Damian Pierce out of Florida, who had a big rise at the senior bowl, five foot nine, 220 pound. Uh, running back with soft hands. The profile is broken because I'm thinking his best year, he had 110 carries at Florida. But the skill set is there for him to produce if given an opportunity. So uh, for me, those three running backs, Ty Chandler, Damian Pierce, and Zonovan Bam Knight are like kind of my three guys that I'm paying close attention to next week in Indianapolis during the combine because I think if given an opportunity, they have the skill set to be productive running backs in the NFL. I like I like the take. I like Zonovan Knight a lot as well because he's also an early declare, which means one of two things is true about a, a, a guy like him as an early declare. Either one, the NFL told him, "Yo, you can do this. Yeah, you're going to be in the top." Because that's what happens. They don't early declare just for the fuck of it. Like they actually are told, "Yo, we, we there's some people who would draft you," or. He's got the biggest balls in the history of all time, and he didn't get that. And he's like, "Fuck it, I'm so good, I'm coming right now." Yeah. Either way, I'm into that. So, yep, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you yeah. know, that's the one thing. Whereas Ty Chandler, you know, I looked at his profile, and it's like fifth year senior. Not yep. as sure about that. Damian Pierce is another one. As I've started to do my research, is exactly what you're saying. Is like, you know, yeah, the production profile ain't there, but you, when you turn on the film, you're gonna see a, you know, fucking you know, a, a, a hammer like this dude is legit. And, you know, some someone in the NFL is going to draft him probably fifth, sixth round. Right. Wouldn't you say? And like maybe earlier, but, you know, somewhere yeah, in there, he's not he's, he's not going undrafted. He's, right. I think he's got a shot to go a little bit earlier, man. The buzz yeah. leaving Mobile was this dude is an NFL. He's going to be a better NFL running back than he was a yes. college running. But Florida was a damn mess, man. Florida right. was a mess all the way around. Um, But, yeah, I like Damian Pierce. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on all, all three as a sort of late uh you know look you know third fourth fifth round rookie picks and but who's that who's the RB four right now is it Kyron Williams or someone else? Yeah, I got Kyron at three and I got Kenneth Walker at four. Okay, and then who's yeah. at five between you know be, uh, Rashad White got Rashad yeah. White out of Arizona State. Buddy, I love Rashad White, right dude. Yeah, this right is my guy. But it seems like everybody smooth. else is with us now too, huh? Like everybody's got yeah, him smooth, here now. Smooth running back, smooth. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I almost see like a little bit of like Raheem Mostert, you know. Um, oh, I like that. Uh, thank you. I don't think he's got that type of juice. Mostert is is fast, ridiculously yeah. fast. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, NFL Next Gen Stats had him as one of the fastest ball carriers over the last five years. Yes. Uh, he doesn't have that type of juice. But, but he's, he's pretty smooth, fast. Yeah, he's, a, he's he's a smooth running back. He's got good explosiveness, good speed, and I love the receiving versatility. I'm a yeah. big Rashad White fan, man. Top five for me for sure. Yeah, that's where I've got him right now too. It's like I've got him at four after ahead of Kyron Williams. You love Kyron Williams. My fear with Kyron Williams is that not it's 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 a it's like the the Kenny Gainwell situation from last year. It's not that I don't like him. It's that what if the yeah. NFL sees him as only a a satellite back? Is that a real fear, or am I just overthinking this? 
Um, I don't think he's going to be an every down type running back, right? I think the combine, the weight and the size are going to be huge for Kyron Williams. Yep. But we've seen Austin Eckler finish as a top five PPR running back. And this year is the first time he ever got over 200 carries. Kyron Williams is the best pass protector in this class at the running back position. And he's probably the most versatile receiving running back in this class. So if you're looking at a pathway to relevance, it's the Austin Eckler path. It's the running back that gets 150 carries, but he also gets 80, 90, 100 targets a season, and he converts that to 60, 70 receptions, and is just a PPR monster. And I think Kyron Williams, because of his ability to stay on the field in third-down situations, absolutely has that skill set to be, you know, Austin Eckler light in the NFL. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he's going to have to be that good. But is he Is he that? I mean, man, I love this guy. I mean, to me, it's like he's in that Michael Carter, um, uh, Austin Eckler mold, you know, where it's like they're just a little too small to be considered this, you know, A back. But, you know, if he finds yeah. – if, if he's a little bit bigger, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, a little bit bigger, he's DeAndre Swift. And then he can do whatever he wants on the football field, you know, but he's not, right? You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? he's not. Yeah, he's right? not. He's, he's – <laughs> He doesn't have that type of size. But again, I mean, we saw James White finish just a top fucking 12 running back. And as long as you can catch the ball, that's why in my grading scale, the receiving versatility for running back is so crucial because, you know, you can have the best damn pure runner in the league. And if he doesn't catch the ball, you know, a a target is worth, Graham Barfield talks about it all the time, point whatever one point whatever more than a carry so give me the running back that can go out there and catch me 50 60 passes a season um and then you know tote the rock 125 150 times and i think kyron williams is more than capable of doing that he did it in the p5 level um and he was proficient back-to-back seasons doing it early declare um best one of the best receiving backs in this class I'm, i'm i'm very much in on kyron williams now if he measures in at five foot seven 190 pounds uh, that won't be the case anymore, but we'll see how that plays out next week. Yeah. Well, I'm with you, man. I, I love Kyron Williams. There's like, like he's one of those guys where you turn on the highlight films, you're like, Oh shit, this yeah, dude is yeah. legit. Like, like even his yeah. pass blocking, like you say, it's like, it's just clear that this kid's a football player. So at the end of the day, he's going to find a, a home somewhere. I would think he's a third round pick at latest. Don't you think he's yeah. going to be a day two pick almost no, no matter what here? Yeah. I think he's a day two. I think he's, I think he's again, I don't want to say this, and then he measures in at five foot six next week. Sure. But as yeah, long yeah. as he's five nine, two hundred pounds, he's going to be a yeah. day two pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, uh, of course. Yeah, this is why we're uh, uh, in front of the combine. You can say this stuff, and then it's like, hold up. I want to go back and say, unless he's fucking one hundred and seventy eight pounds, yeah, and he ain't exactly. a fucking NFL running back, you know. But exactly. But no, no. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the assumed asterisk. <clears throat> yeah, put that put that next to it for me. I, I don't need people digging up these takes saying Ray, you said he's going to be a third round pick, and he's five foot five, one hundred fifty pounds. Like, oh, it's the danger of having a show like this. But you know what? Yeah. If you don't give a fuck, it's way easier. It's like I, yeah. you could post my shit of me saying the dumbest shit ever on the air, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That's great. I love yeah. it. I'm I'm owning all my shit, even the dumb shit I say. Like Terrace Marshall is going to be better than Jalen Waddle. Post it. It's fucking oh, over. It's all right. You ain't the only one that's that's, that's made misses. People just don't like to admit it, man. Oh, hey, I love I, it. I, was, I don't give a shit. I was all over Jalen Rager, and we saw how that blew up. So you had a yeah. you had a reason. I was your boy. Yeah, I'm not, I'll I'll never publicly trash him. I know him. I'm not no, no, no. That, he's man. he's cool. You know, and look, man, I was I was there with I, you I'll too. I'll just say I'll just say on the pod. It, it, yeah, it's not good. No, <laughs> not good. Not good. Yeah. No, it's really not. So I, I, right before the right before we went on, Ray, I put I put out some uh, 
some some questions to the to the to the to the Twitterverse. And uh, you know, we got one from my boy Tommy Mo. And uh looks like you answered one of the questions, but this is peak <laughs> fun stuff right here. So the first question Tommy asks is, Ray, are you still a Raider fan? And it looks like you you might have answered the question. How'd you answer that question? Yeah, man, that's my hometown, man. I'm always gonna cheer for the Raiders, baby. I'm always gonna cheer. I'm a fair weather Raiders fan, but I'm still a Raiders <laughs> fan. I wore a Raiders shirt today, man. I had a Raiders shirt on today. I got I got five Raiders shirts, two Raider hats, and a Raiders jersey. I'm a Raiders fan. Tommy, stop. Don't do me, baby. Uh, Tommy just fell in love. He's 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 got you. You know he'll walk the earth for you. I'm telling you, Tommy is the That's fucking guy, nicest, the guy, nicest man. guy you'll ever meet. The sweetest person. The most. I mean, yeah. he's just magnanimous and beautiful. You start talking shit about the Raiders, your arm is about to come off. You know what I mean? No, that's my guy. I don't, I don't want to, Tommy's already told me he. Uh, <laughs> we had some football banter back and forth. I don't want any smoke with Tommy. I'm a Raiders fan, <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah, just keep the Raiders off the, the docket yeah. and you're safe from Tommy. Let me just tell you. Yeah. So then he asked this question. I think, I'm not sure. I think he might be talking about me and you here. He says, a former quarterback versus D-back, who would win at peak performance? This is not close. This is Ray, Ray G all the time. Like, nah, this is Ray G, baby. This is not a close one. Quarterback, man. DB is tough, man. I'm playing the game backwards. You know where you want to go, right? Oh. You know, if you're if you're out there, you're dropping back, dissecting the defense, man. You got the upper hand on the DB. Ten out of ten, nine out of ten well, times, man. That is true, um, but you but know, uh, he was a much no. better DB than I was ever a quarterback. That much I can tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is not. There's no doubt. And then, who's your favorite long shot prospect in this year's draft? Who you got, man? Hmm. Long shot prospect. I mean, you kind of went with Bam Knight. I think is a good one. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish mm. on one that I've got a question about. And this okay. is this is for real. And then we'll go out okay. on this. I know you got to go, man. I re- first of all, I want to say thank you, Ray. You're amazing. You, man. Yeah, no, seriously, man, uh, for coming on the show and giving me your time. I really appreciate you. So thank you so much. Um, but I want to I want to end on this one because this is one that has had me going a little bit. So. I do the anatomy of a, of a wide receiver, anatomy of a running back, and we look at this every year. And and if you you would understand that it's just like what are the top level, uh, you know, dynasty assets look like at each position, and how's that you know how's that changing over time? And what we're seeing at the wide receiver position, look at the top two guys. They no longer look like Michael Irvin, right? They look different. They're smaller. They're faster. They're quicker. They're in and out of their routes a little bit more now. Jamar Chase does win on the outside, but he wins at six one. Six six. He's like not even six one. I think he's six foot, right? Yeah, six so, foot two hundred. Yep. Right. So here's the question. I know you love Drake London. I like Drake London. I think like the production profile is there. Like everything's there. I saw you post recently about his yak ability, etc. But I have to ask. We've been burned so many times. I feel like with these outside clashers who just haven't necessarily lived up to the hype over the past couple of years with this prototype changing. Make me feel better about drafting Drake London as my wide receiver one in a rookie draft or wide receiver yeah. two if there's someone else you like better. But make me feel better about clicking the button on, on Drake London when he's there for me in a rookie draft. Yeah, I mean, uh, early producer, 2019, produced on the same field with Michael Pittman Jr., Amon Ross St. Brown, and Tyler Vaughn's P5. Comes back in 2020, does it again with you know NFL-caliber talent around him with Amon Ross St. Brown, produces once again. Let's not forget. Let's not forget that during the 2019 and 2020 season, he wasn't even focused on football fully. He played on the yeah, USC basketball. basketball team. Finally, goes out there as the guy, as a junior, and was on pace to shatter NCAA receiving records, uh, reception records, 88 receptions, almost 1,100 yards in eight games. 
uh, he's he's incredible. I mean, you know, a lot of people just think he's a contested catch guy. He's not. There's data to support that. Uh, his ability to, to make defenders miss and play bully ball after he gets the ball in his hands, the yak ability is incredible. And we just talked about it a couple of minutes ago in the show. You said that you'd rather have T. Higgins as your wide receiver five. Yeah. T. Higgins is six foot four, 215 pounds. Yeah. Don't think Go he has there. a problem, right? Yep. So yep. Drake London, six foot five, 210 pounds. Yeah. The, 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 the players that we look at, you know, there was, I remember a player last year that people thought would be not good because he didn't fit the mold of what an NFL wide receiver looked like, Devontae Smith, and he almost had a thousand yards in his rookie season. If you can ball, you can ball. Like, yeah. I don't, yep. as long as you're not five foot six, five foot seven, like, I'm not as concerned, right? <laughs> poor, if you're fluid, out for Rondale again. Yeah, Sorry if, about that. If, yeah. if you're fluid, if you have yeah. shown the ability to create after you get the ball in your hands, you've shown the ability to win in all three quadrants of the field as a receiver, short, intermediate, and deep, and you get the draft capital. Again, I, I keep going back to this draft capital. All the concerns that we have, whatever concerns you have, I have, anyone listening has, if the NFL says this is the guy who's the first wide receiver that should be off the board, he's going to get opportunity. And that's all we can bet on in fantasy is I'm looking for players who have an opportunity to get an opportunity to score me fantasy points. <laughs> that's right. And if Drake London is drafted in the first round, based on what he did three years at USC, uh, based on the draft capital, I meant there's nothing like there, there it is. Like there's the case. And again, we just talked about T Higgins, top five dynasty receiver. Same fucking size as Drake London. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like it. I'm I'm not shying away. Um, it's one of those things. I think he wins in more ways than just uh, outside clasher, outside winner. You know, he, that's not the only way he wins. You've sort of shown that with some of the uh, the film work you've done as well as some of the statistics that you've brought out in terms of tackle breaking and some of the other uh, stuff you've done. And I think you've done a great job. And you've done a great job on this pod. I know you got to get rolling, so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go. Back to your family. I know you got to put them kids to bed. You got a you got a little <laughs> one at home. I, they wake themselves up, man. They they just they love hopping in bed with me. I know that much. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure you got the same you got the same problems over there. They're they're good problems to have though, ain't they? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on, Scott. We got to do it again. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna say, don't make it as long this time. Just know right now, if you ever want to get some takes off, you ever want to come yell at me, please. Just come in. All you have to do is bring the fire like you did for Isaiah Spiller. Tell me to shut the fuck up and tell me what's up, okay? We want that. That's what we love on this program. This is uh, this. You fit right in with this community, so we're we're grateful to have you. And again, uh, Ray GQ can be found on Twitter at Ray GQUE. Uh, he's got uh, Destination Devi. He's got all sorts of stuff going on. Hit him up on his Patreon. Uh, it's worth it. He's got a great um, community he's building. So, you know, if you're into what he was spitting today, go check him out because it's worth it. And hopefully you'll come back on the show and, and teach me some more lessons. But thank you so much. Appreciate you, my man. Real talk. Thank you. So on behalf of everybody here at The Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest producer the world, has ever seen Michael P. Duncan. On behalf of the great Ray Garvin, I am Jax Falcone, and we are 